know too. Well, I'm going to continue on with uh, the messages about how do we know God's plan for our lives, yeah, and how do we get going on it. Just, again, a little bit of review, like, because there's some confusion or, you know, differences of opinion about whether we predestine, predetermine, or you get free choice. And so I just want to give you another scripture. There's so many that really shows that, you know, again, when we're predestined, predetermined, it means like there's a destination there for us that he's made for us. But it doesn't mean like no matter what you do or what you choose in life, you're going to, you, you have to go there. So th this really shows that Isaiah 65, and when you have time, read all of Isaiah 65. But it begins with God saying, I made myself available to those who did not ask for me. I appeared to those who did not look for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not invoke my name. And this is a, you know, I, I share this all the time when I go, because I, I teach missionaries that go to people all over the world. And, you know, with Romans 1.20 says that all people knew him. He made himself known to everyone, so that we're all without excuse. And Acts 17 says he placed all people where they should be, that they might reach out for him and perhaps find him because he's not far from any one of us. So he made himself known to everybody, but we got to choose him. Yeah? And so it continues, I spread out my hands all day long to my rebellious people. Now remember, the people of Israel, he did have plans for, really good plans for. But he spreads out his hands to them, says, who lived in a way that is morally unacceptable and who did what they desired. So in other words, they chose what they desired. Even though he had all these wonderful plans for them, they still chose. He pre predetermined that all these wonderful things, but they chose otherwise. So I'm going to skip to verse 11. But it says, But as for you who abandon the Lord and forget about worshiping at my holy mountain, who prepare a feast for the God called fortune and fill up wine jugs for the God called destiny. Actually, it says Gad and many, but that's what it means, those gods. I predestine you, or other versions say, I destine you to die by the sword. All of you will kneel down at the slaughtering block because I called you and you did not respond. They have a choice. I spoke and you did not listen. You did evil before me. You chose to do what displeases me. You see, he has good plans for Israel. We know all these plans. We see all that. And he's sending prophets over and over saying, follow my plan. I love you. I got all these great things for you. But they choose to worship other gods, go to other gods. So their destination, their destiny is what the devil wants to bring. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Why do we want to choose his way instead of God's way? And so he's saying, this is what will happen to you if you continue along this path. But it continues. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. Look, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Look, my servants will rejoice but you will be humiliated. You're going to serve somebody, yeah? You're going to serve somebody. 
And so we serve the Lord. Look at all the blessings he's saying. I'm going to give you all these blessings. I love you. I've done it all for you. I want these for you. But we still choose whether we really want to do it or not. Yeah, so why don't we choose what God wants for us, his plans for us? Why don't we do that? So what I want to do is I've been showing a little clip of this guy, again, who followed God's path. And, you know, from Japan, he ends up being a Jewish citizen with an international ministry as he's following God. And so what he has to say as he's teaching about hearing God and following his plans for you. So let's watch a little bit. The next thing you find, if you keep going down this road, the next thing you find is an innate, an inner ability begins to emerge. And after a while, you go, hey, wow, who knew? But I'm good at this. You have a gift. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. God designs you with a gift. And sometimes more than one. Listen, when I was, when I was young, I grew up in, you know, as a believer in the 1970s in the charismatic movement. You know, and uh, so we were taught so many times about spiritual gifts. And we, first of all, we only, the only spiritual gifts that we, that we cared about or knew about were in the New Testament. And there were like, you know, just a handful of them. <laughs> okay. We didn't, we didn't realize that, that, that the Bible is filled with gifted people who have all kinds of gifts. I mean, it took me years to discover that the first person mentioned in the Bible with a gift from the Holy Spirit is a craftsman an artist named Bezalel back in Exodus. Okay, God sends him to Moses and says, I've gifted this man with his, the ability he can create beautiful things and designs. And, you know, uh, he's a designer. He's an artist. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, back in the day, okay, uh, in my day, all we knew was there was a handful of spiritual gifts and we didn't know how you got them. All right. So, you know, so I thought, you know, for years, I thought it was a matter of being good enough, you know, that if I prayed enough, if I fasted enough, if I sat on the front row, you know, <laughs> you know, if I was there, you know, alert and, and ready in, in the meeting and the Holy Spirit would come down in the meeting and he would kind of come like a, like a like Santa Claus, you know, like a spiritual Santa Claus, you know, like, like, ho, 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 I've got gifts. Who wants my gifts, you know, and I wanted to be one of the ones who were right there so that I would get one. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, it, it never worked. <laughs> I, but but I but I'm telling you this story because I want you to know how desperately I wanted to be gifted by God. I saw people who had gifts from God. All right. And I knew I, I wanted to I wanted that. But I didn't know how. It took years to understand that my gift and your gift, it's not random. It's not based on your good behavior. Okay. It's part of the design. <laughs> You're designed by God. And in order to, and He has a plan. And in order for you to fulfill that plan, He's given you gifts, abilities, okay, supernatural abilities, abilities that go beyond the human, abilities that, that make you unique, okay, for your, because your plan is unique. No one has a plan like your plan. God creates 
a new plan for every human he creates. And that's why your gift may be similar to other people's gifts, but you'll never meet another person with exactly the same gift. And you can't have somebody else's gift. But you find your gift and you develop your gift when you go down this path. Okay? This path of going back to God. Okay, what's the plan? You say, I do. You start doing that plan. All of a sudden, you realize, whoa, I've got this ability. When I do this, it works. And it works every time. It works when I'm when I'm happy. It works when I'm sad. It works when I'm uh, you know when I feel like I'm alert and feels it works when I'm not not so alert. You know why? Because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God doesn't change His mind. He says, "Listen, I decided on this gift for you before you were born, and I'm never changing my mind." And here's to this question that was asked earlier: You can choose to go down this path. If you go down this path. And if you choose that gift to use that gift, then you're going to be in the center of my will. All right. You know, the Bible says a man's gift makes a way for him. Do you see a person diligent in his work? I tell you the truth, that person will stand before kings. He won't stand before obscure people. You find your gift. It's power from God. All right, so let's. So you're going down this path. You're discovering your passion. You're going. God, I love this. I love this. And you know what? I'm good at it. I'm. This is this God's plan for my life. Fine. And it's specific to you. No one is like you. You. You be. You're now. You're in a class of your own. And that was always God's intention. You weren't created uniquely so that you could be like everybody else. You were created uniquely so that you could be you. The you that God envisioned and designed and dreamed about before you were born. Uh, if you don't use your gift and there's nobody else like you, that's always missing. It'll always be missing. Because he, he made us that way for a purpose. And um, I want to, um, I had lunch with uh, Tony and Franda. And um, they just started, God just, they have a unique gift. Like you said, there's so many different gifts. What's their gift? Uh, they love horses. They love horses. That's their passion. And so they started the ministry Heart Ranch. And they just taking in children and PTSD vets and people who have all these problems, and they get healed by working with these, these horses. And see, this is a unique gift and a calling, and they love it. They love the horses, and they love, now they're seeing all these miracles happen. You know, kids coming in where, you know, the psychologist tells the parents, just, you know, just take it for granted that your child will never speak. And the next thing you know, the child is there. Hi, Uncle Tony, I'm riding Gus. And you have people who go and they're so sullen because they're so hurt and broken from what has happened in their life. And like this girl standing by the fence 
and this horse just comes and puts his head on her shoulder. And it's just, how does the horse know that? And just bonds with certain people. And she's so stunned and so happy that this church has come. And I mean, this horse has come and just loved on her. She just bonded with this horse and she starts working and they get healing. And all these PTSD people, they get healing. They've seen so many. They have hundreds of people on their waiting list now. And, you know, like, this, like he said the other time, you just, you just love it. Because now you are walking in his plan. You're in the center of his will. His spirit is on, on you and over you all the time. And so God is love. He's peace. He's joy. He's all of every good thing. And you're right in the middle of it. And like I say, you see the universe bend to make a path for you as we do that. That's how wonderful it is. And, and so they love it and everything. And, and as they've built up their faith step by step. Yeah. Because God starts you in very simple step. But he's built up their faith so that they're like what this guy says. You say what to do, I'll do, because I know you. I know you love me, and your plans are good no matter what. You know, may, we may not understand it. We'll be like Abraham. Just come with me. You don't know where you're going. But you have enough faith now, just I trust you, and you go. So they, they just told me that the Lord all of a sudden told them, move to Florida. In two years, they're going to sell their house. They're going to move to Florida. They don't know where. You know why their son-in-law and daughter are there, but they don't know where they're going to be in, if it's in the same city, but just to go. But they have enough faith in him built up that it's just exciting. Okay? And that's why I say, you know, we have more faith in, like, say, the people who make the roller coaster ride than in God. I mean, roller coaster rides crash. But we get so much faith in them, we'll get on it. And if you have faith in the people who made the ride, then it's not terrifying. It's, whoa, it's exciting. I mean, it's scary, but it's exciting. You see pictures, you know, like in Disneyland, they take a photo of you coming down that last big dip or something. And you see people smiling in terror. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're screaming with their hands up, but there's a smile on their face. Because they feel safe, they trust the people who made it. And they're imperfect humans compared to our almighty God who loves you. They might not even love you, they're just making money off of you. But it's just exciting now. Whoa, God. <laughs> yeah. And that's where they're at. Whoa, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's exciting. Yeah. We, we trust the airplane. People who make the airplanes more than God. You, they have a destination. And you believe you're going to get to that destination. Otherwise, you wouldn't get on the plane. And maybe the first time you get on the plane, you're all nervous. But as you keep on going and you reach your destination pretty soon, you can sleep on the plane. Yeah? Because you have so much. You build up your faith on that. But... These are imperfect people. You're getting on a plane built by the lowest bidder. 
And you have more faith in that than God, the all-powerful God who loves you, to get on that plane? Why don't we want to get on God's plane, God's roller coaster ride? You just got to build that faith and don't worry, He will take you step by step. Okay? Just like that. And, you know, again, you talk about unique gifts. I think the only gift that I have is a puzzle putter togetherer. Ever heard of that gift? Yeah. <laughs> Because when we started our ministry, the other two guys were so talented. They could play music, sing, write songs, and they were artists, and everybody wanted a piece of them. They were so busy, so I was the only one that didn't, wasn't busy. Nobody wanted me, so I, I started doing research. I did the research for that. And then it, God just said, write letters to the pastors, because nobody knew about Hawaiian history then, 1993, before that. No churches knew anything about what happened here. So right, so I started doing that, but I'm a nobody, the, no pastors listened or even re responded. But like he said, you feel so good when you're doing his will. I just couldn't stop. Was it disappointing and hurtful? Yeah, but I just couldn't stop. So I wrote more and more and more, and then they turned into chapters of a book. Now, like I said, he won't give you more than you can take because if he told me initially, you're going to write a book, I would have said, oh, no, I can't. That's too much. You know, who am I? But he just says, write a little bit, little bit, little bit. And then it, it turned into a book. And as just walking as he, he grows like that. Now, this year, our ministry, Aloha Keoku, is 30 years old. Now the same thing, it's turned into an international ministry. Like he says, you go before kings. Well, in our area, we work with native people. Yeah, I've met kings. I've met so many chiefs of so many people all around the world, teaching missionaries around the world now from this little beginning. And just the universe bending to make it happen. You know, it's, you know my main mentors are, are like famous Hawaiian elders that taught me stuff they didn't teach their own kids. National, you know, I mean, they were designated living treasures. Why would they do that for me? And then people would say, I just felt like God told me to give you this book. And it'd have a puzzle piece for me to fit into the whole thing. And I'd be sitting watching my son play soccer practice. And, the, and I feel like the Lord says, go up to the library. So I walk up to the library. I'm walking down the aisle. And this book like lights up. I pull it out and look, it has the, just the one missing puzzle piece. And like the universe just starts bending to see it, it happen. And oh man, now I am so blessed. But not only you get the blessings down here, that he will work all things for the good for you. Because you're in his spirit, in his path, and you sense him there all the time. You just, it's just so wonderful. But eternal rewards... Because the only valuable reward to him is when you do it in obedience to him and his will for you. Yeah? Everything else is really rebellion, right? He's saying, I have this plan for you, this will for you, and we say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, really what you're doing is, is if it's selfishness that you're doing it or fear, that's the enemy because God does not give us a spirit of fear, right? So who does that come from? I'm afraid to do your will, Lord. You're going to tell me to do something. And some of it is very difficult. 
Okay? When I start out so selfish, you know, um, we had on Monday a uh, person come and speak who for 17 years was a manager for Planned Parenthood and then realized what it was all about and, and came out. But um, what I shared was, you know, I was so selfish. You know, when, when I do marriage counseling and people tell me how bad their husband is, I say, ah, that's nothing compared to what I was like. Because I wanted no responsibilities. Everything was about me. And when Yolanda got pregnant with our daughter, I didn't want the responsibility. Abort baby. And I'm so grateful to my lovely wife who said no. Even, you know, like, like the woman was saying, so many women, because now men are told, women's choice, women's choice, give them the choice. You say, um, what do you want to do with this child? Uh, whatever you want. But what that tells the woman is, I'm not going to support you and help you with this child. So they will do that. But I just said, you do whatever you want. You take care of it if you want it. That's how bad I was. Horrible husband. And she said, no, I will not. I'm going to take care of it. My daughter is one of the greatest blessings. But I, I have no condemnation in that sense for anybody who has had an abortion. Because if it wasn't for her, I would have been responsible for that. And you know, two-thirds of women now have had abortions. That means plenty here. And that means men who have encouraged their wives or girlfriends to have one, or friends to have one, or stood by and did nothing while they had one. You see? But God does, did, wasn't telling me, you know, you have to expose the depths of your sin to, so that I feel so bad that I was so selfish, you see? He wasn't telling me for that reason, but so that I can be set free. Because you carry this guilt and the shame and pain that you don't want to talk about because it's so shameful, right? And, you know, be carrying that around. And, you know, because, see, then I would justify myself, yeah? I was young. We didn't know the Lord then. And I believe the Kool-Aid they were giving me that it was just tissue but the truth is I wanted to believe that because I was selfish and I didn't want any responsibility. That's the real honest depth of the truth. And what the Lord was saying to me, if I don't repent to the fullness of my sin, He cannot forgive it. He's faithful to forgive when we repent. But if I didn't repent of the fullness of it, He couldn't forgive and set me free from that guilt and shame and all of those things. That came with it. He wanted to set me free. Now we're on his path. And he turns our, like that woman for 17 years, encouraging people to have abortions. Turned her misery into ministry. Because there's so many people that need that healing now from Jesus. Because if they feel that guilt and so on, it, it turns in, I got to justify myself. It hardens people's hearts so hard that they're so hard. No, I did right. No, I did the right thing. And it hardens their hearts. They need to know that there is forgiveness. And that once, like Romans 8, 28, my favorite scripture says, and we know that for those who love God 
and are called according to his purposes. Following after the path he made for them, he works all things for the good. And because he's the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, he knew that you would have an abortion or you encouraged a person to have one. And he already paid for it. But it's like money in the bank unless we go and make a withdrawal. And saying, Father, you paid for the fullness of that. Every bit of it. And I admit to, I was just, just selfish and lazy. But you paid for it all, I repent. Pay for it all, and because he's an almighty, all-powerful God, he will work it all out for good. And then when you go and you see your son or daughter, when you get to heaven, you will rejoice and see how God worked it out perfectly and together bow down at his altar and worship forever and thank him forever. Together, because of how powerful he is, how good he is, we're just going to be so humble and thankful forever. When we follow his plan, he wants it no matter when you start. Yeah. As you keep on going, the, the wonder of it, the beauty of his plan and what he does for us. And uh, Tony and Fronda reminded us something that I had said a long time ago that, um, you know, I, I, it just fit perfectly with what I'm saying today. So I said, yeah, wow. See how the universe kind of bends? They reminded me of it and I didn't even remember it. That they said, we always remember what you said and, and say it to ourselves all the time. And actually it had to do with when I'm following God's path from this selfish, self-centered person to follow and be in God's kingdom and family. He tells us to give up things we don't want to give up. Because I'm so self-centered, yeah, i got to give up a lot. And like I always say to people who are um, married, that when two become one, you got to give up half of yourself, and it's usually the part you don't want to give up. I want it this way, and my selfishness, and so on. But when you do, the beauty and wonder of being one is so much worth that. But our flesh doesn't want to. You got to choose because he doesn't force you. He's not a bully. You got to choose and then, you, you know, you give up those things. And um, there were some people who really hurt me for no reason, hurt my whole family. And the Lord says, forgive them. And I was like, God, I know I'm supposed to. I know you want me to. But the honest truth is, I don't want to. And in his graciousness and love, he said, are you willing to be made willing to forgive? And I really honestly looked at my heart, and I had to tell God, I know I'm supposed to God, but if I'm honest with you and you look at my heart, no, I'm not even willing to be made willing to forgive. And in his graciousness, he said, are you willing to be made willing to, be made willing to forgive? I looked at my heart and I had to say, in my honesty, I know I'm supposed to the Lord, but no, I'm not. So he said, are you willing to be made willing, to be made willing, to be made willing to forgive? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I guess so. All he's looking is for our choice we have to have. We choose him. He's not a bully. He's love. Love does not bully people around. 
And that's all the open door he needed to start work. And then pretty soon I was willing to be made willing to be willing. Then I was willing to be willing. Then I was willing to forgive. And then I forgave. It's not easy, but it's so wonderful because if you don't forgive, you carry that around wherever you go. Whenever you think of them, it's going to make you angry and bitter. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to spread to your family. It's not good. It's not good. It'll ruin our lives. It's so much better to just forgive. And I'm so much happier now that I just can forgive people. Because they control you yet. Queen Lilio Okalani said, No one is free from their own sin till they forgive those who have sinned against them. Because they control you. They're controlling our lives. But there's so many things that are difficult for our flesh, but oh, it's so much better. So wonderful when we do it God's way, what he tells us to do. And the plans he has, like he says, it's what he has destined for you from the beginning of time before you were born. Because he loves you. And you might have a gift you don't know, like a puzzle piece put her together or that's so why all the books I have, it's acknowledge so, many, acknowledge so many people because they all were a part of that. Gave me so many different pieces. And that's all. And all the wonder. We're going down to New Zealand in a, in a couple of weeks. The king's brother is taking care of all of our, Maori king's brother, all of our things in our stay. One of the most famous Maori men is going to host us somewhere else. And it's all, what? Because I was obedient to write stuff when nobody would listen. But you just in the center, you know it, and it feels so good. And I know many of you on the path, I encourage you to continue. So as the worship team comes up, Jenny can pick a song that you feel goes with this. And, um, you know, let's, let's pray. Father God, we know you love us, and you have these plans from before we were born plans for a future and a hope and um but you're not a bully so we need to choose help us have that faith faith not fear that imuna to 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 get on your ride a fantastic wonderful ride you have for us exciting not fearful and hard at times but the best will always look back and say, man, I am so glad I trusted you. I had that faith in you and got on that plane. And if you're not ready to get on that plane, are you willing to be made willing? And if you're not willing to be made willing, are you willing to be made willing to be made willing? And if you're still afraid and not, you know God has that plan for you and you... Part of you wants to, but a lot of you, part of you is afraid. Are you willing to be made willing, to be made willing, to be made willing, to get on that plane with him? He just needs you to just say yes so he can do it because he's not a bully. Find some place in some area where you are willing to do that and you're on the ride of our lives. That's always good and always a blessing to you and everyone around you. 